Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Open Forum Wednesday. You know what that means. We can go in any direction you want. Yes, indeed. How are you today? Middle of the week. We get it rolling right here on Listen Up. All you got to do is hit your hand icon, and we'll put you right up on stage, and you'll be joining me. Hope you are doing well. A couple of programming notes coming up uh, tomorrow. No Filter Network, noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. Sean Salisbury, Eric Burns, and yours truly will be on. Again, you can go to nofilter.net to uh, check us out. It's a lot of fun. Sean Salisbury, and Eric Burns. Friday, I've got an interesting podcast. Uh, For those of you that listen to my podcast, and if you don't, shame on you. But uh, if you don't like that, uh, you probably heard Ryan and Sacktown on with me uh, last week and talking about getting into doing a podcast. And Nando Diaz has a podcast dealing with Miami sports and I got to know Nando uh, basically just by him being a fan. He lives in New Jersey, big De'Aaron Fox fan, used to watch the Kings on NBA League Pass, and I'm not really sure how this started, but you know he would call occasionally, and I asked for basically listeners to come up with rant ideas. And I picked a few listeners to come on my podcast and give me a grant's rant. And he was one of them and he did a really good job. And we were talking and he was telling me about how he wanted to start a podcast. And, you know, I don't want to give away everything. Um, He has started a podcast. He's doing very well. Uh, He's got a pretty nice following and he is, the guy that's going to join me on Friday to talk about his story and where he's now with his podcast. So it's another kind of, I don't want to say it's paying it forward, but uh, his story is similar to Ryan's in that, you know, he's got another full-time job. He goes to work every day and gets home around four 30 every day. And now in addition to that, does his podcast. So, that's going to be on Friday. Uh, looking ahead to next week, uh, Ian Eagle of uh, CBS Sports currently is scheduled to come on on uh, Tuesday. So that's the schedule the rest of the week. Again, no filter network tomorrow at 9 a.m. Pacific. Sean Salisbury and Eric Burns. Friday, Nando Diaz talking a little bit about his background, how his podcast started, 
and uh, some of the interesting guests uh, that he has uh, had on. So we got all of that. If you're a fan of the San Francisco Giants, what a year! What a difference a year makes, huh? Wow. Think about last year at this time. Really, the Giants were the talk of baseball, were they not? The Giants could not lose. The Giants were a team that was on a record pace. They lost to the Dodgers in the playoffs. You remember how the season ended on a bad call on a check swing. And, you know, you think about this. Thinking about players that were not retained in the offseason. I'm thinking about some of the injuries, right? Yeah, but if you're a fan of the Giants, brutal. Absolutely brutal. Uh, NFL training camps. Would someone please tell me when the National Football League is going to come out and make a decision on Deshaun Watson? Like, how long do you need? Right? It's almost August for crying out loud. Every team's in NFL training camp. Every team's on the field practicing. And you're telling me that the National Football League has had months and months and months and months to do their investigation. And you're telling me that they still have not rendered a decision on Watson. Like, what are they waiting for? You know, what are they waiting for? I mean, how ridiculous is this? You know, the National Football League just seemingly doesn't do these things the right way. And then when they make their decisions, it leaves you scratching your head. But how about, like, notifying the Cleveland Browns so they can get on with the plans for the year? Right? Now, you've got to assume that Watson's not going to be on the field at least early in the year. You know, there's been really a wide range of opinion on how many games – He's going to be suspended for. But how about letting the Cleveland Browns know, considering that they're already on the practice field getting ready for their season? I mean, yes, you figure Jacoby Brissett's going to be on the field week one. But don't you owe it to Watson and the Browns to render a decision? And again, what's taking so long? Like, what is it that you you have to wait on to make a decision? This should have been done weeks ago. Weeks ago, maybe months, but weeks ago for sure. You know, Watson, who maintains his innocence. Yeah, if you're innocent, uh, why are you paying off, you know, 30 women? All right? You know, it makes no sense to me. It really doesn't. But think about the National Football League. Think about Deshaun Watson. Think about, again, the calendar. We have a NFL preseason game next week, okay? The Hall of Fame game next week. And here we are on Wednesday, the last Wednesday of July, and the National Football League still cannot render a decision. Chew on that for a couple of minutes. Really, digest that. Something else I wanted to talk about. I did a rant on this today. How refreshing was Jason Tatum's comments when he was asked about Kevin Durant? He said, that's not my job. That's not what I do. I play. He said, I love our team. You know, I love our guys. But I'm paid to play. How beautiful is that? Right? 
said, hey, you know what? I don't decide who's on the team and who's not. It's not my decision. Kind of a throwback. I really like that answer by Tatum, who's developed into one of the league's best players. There's no question about that. And if I'm the Celtics, there's no way in the world I'm trading Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, who the Celtics have asked for, and the other pieces for a 33-year-old Durant, who seemingly, seemingly is rarely happy with where he's at. So if I'm Boston, I'm not making that deal. I'm not making that deal. All right, let's get to some phone calls here. It's open forum Wednesday. You raise your hand, you hit your hand icon, and I'll put you right up on stage with me. It's that easy. And if you haven't called before, don't worry. I'll walk you through it. All right? I'd love to hear from you if you're a first-timer. Don't worry about it. It's very easy. If at first you can't get on, if you're having an issue, don't worry about it. I'll walk you right through. It's very easy. It's very easy. I mean, it's Ryan. Ryan's, you know, unless Ryan's out of space, right? You know, flying around moon or Mars or whatever. I can hear Ryan pretty good usually. How are you, buddy? How are you today? Looking at the moon right now. It's beautiful. Good Thanks for, for asking. I'm good. Yeah, the moon's beautiful. Absolutely. I'm very happy that, you know, you've got that right out your window. That's good. No doubt. You know, just want to stay away from the sun. That's a little bit too hot for me. Oh, boy. So, hey, uh, you know what, Grant, before I get to Open Forum Wednesday and having a little bit of fun with you, like I always try to do, um, the, the NFL is a joke right now. They are literally waiting, in my opinion, for another big story to pop up, whether it's the Durant trade, whether it's anything with another major sport to try to sweep whatever decision is made with Deshaun Watson under the rug. And the Browns in the NFL or the Browns and Deshaun Watson aren't owed anything. The Browns should have never signed him to that contract under the circumstances ever, ever, ever. So this, as long as it goes, makes it much more of a worse look for the NFL. Forget football. This is now getting more into the political side of things and knowing we have a big problem. Let's wait for something else to come out. You, you might be right. Uh, you, you might be right for them trying to, you know, release this when something else big is going on. The only thing I do disagree with you is the Browns under the league rules and under the collective bargaining agreement did not do anything illegal in acquiring Deshaun Watson. You can say ethically it's wrong, morally it's wrong. You can go and do all of that. But under the league guidelines, they are owed a decision by the National Football League. You said that, you know, the NFL doesn't owe Watson or Browns or the Browns anything. Yeah, they do. It's still a league. And I'm with you. I think it's very, uh, I think it's wrong that they signed him. I think it's wrong they gave him a completely guaranteed deal. Uh, again, in the National Football you turn your head when it comes to ethics and morals and values. I mean, we see it all the time, Ryan. But in this case, the NFL does, in my opinion, owe the Browns to render a decision so they can get on with their year. And again, there are a lot of people that feel like you do. There are a lot of people, Ryan, that are done with the Browns, that are disgusted that they would give Deshaun Watson, 
this type of a contract once acquiring him. Uh, but they didn't do anything illegal, Ryan. You know, it's not like they did something that they absolutely – they didn't break the league rules. They didn't do anything. They, they followed league protocol. I'm with you. I think it was wrong for them to trade him and then give him that kind of money. But, again, that's the league. Grant, you're you're in. I appreciate you saying that. You're right by the letter of the law. But it, it, for me, with the NFL, how they've crashed down on players very, very quickly, put them on paid suspension in the past when a situation happens, for this to drag on. Because I, I, Grant, can you think of other than a couple of the other incidents, which which were horrible? where you know a player is hitting a woman on video or an elevator you know can you think of another time another league that was all about you know coming down on the players and having swift punishment has waited this long on a situation this serious no i cannot it's mind-boggling to me uh it really is it's absolutely unbelievable to me and the national football league just doesn't seem to have any rhyme or reason when it comes to handing out punishments, fines, suspensions, uh, it leaves the fan scratching their head. And no, I cannot. And listen, there have been a lot of players that have been on the football field in the NFL that have done egregious, horrible things, and they're still allowed to continue their career. You know, the Greg Hardys of the world, all right? And I can go on and on. It's right. just unbelievable to me how the NFL polices their league. I don't understand it. I really don't. Well, it, it's hurting credibility at this point because it's we do one thing with one situation and we do another with a different situation. The bottom line is if you've done something wrong, then they need to be, whether it's domestic violence, which I do not condone, I know you do not condone, whether it's DUIs, whether it's anything like that, you need to have a streamed line process for, and we always say innocent before proven guilty. And I believe in that. But the NFL has not always done that. They will suspend players prior to having a guilty charge. So at what point do fans start losing confidence in this league and saying it's literally just it, we're, we don't have a process because there's not Here's a the process. biggest problem. Here's the it, biggest it, problem that the NFL is facing. The fact it, that two, two grand juries decided not to indict Deshaun Watson. Now, that doesn't mean that he is innocent of the allegations. It just means that two grand juries did not see enough evidence to go forward with an indictment. And I think that's one of the biggest obstacles facing the National Football League. Now, Ryan, you know this, and so does everyone else listening, that the NFL has shown in the past that how a court of law okay, determines a player's innocent or guilt. In other words, you know, the court of law is not the court of law in the National Football League. They're two separate entities. But the court of law, which our judicial system, decided not to press charges or not to indict Deshaun Watson. And I think that's been a real dilemma in this situation for the NFL in terms, Ryan, 
of how long they're going to suspend him for. No, you're right, Grant. But I mean, please refresh my memory because I do not remember the last time an ex-federal judge was brought in on deciding a suspension with a player in the NFL. I I don't remember that. Nope. Uh, And uh, to, to, to me, it's the NFL acknowledging without acknowledging that how they've handled punishments in the past with these time with these types of serious allegations they're like okay we have to go in a different direction because we've messed it up so bad such as the ray rice situation i think that's what the nfl is doing here they just don't seem to know what they're doing i guess is what i'm saying ryan they don't seem to really know what they're doing when it comes to these type of situations they're all over the map ryan there's no consistency right there's no like protocol with the national football league when it comes to these type of situations and it leaves you scratching this is a multi-billion dollar business ryan and they can't figure it out and i don't understand that i don't understand that it it makes no sense you would think that would be the most important thing Because if you start losing fans over player conduct and you're not consistent across the board, especially with the temperature in our country with race and discrimination, um, you know, you have to be consistent, whether you're white, purple, gray, black, yellow. um, It's just crazy, Grant. So, hey, I'm not going to take too much more time. But as you know, on Wednesdays, I like to play a little bit of a game with you. Yes, sir. Let's do it. All right, let's do it. So this is the who am I game. If you get the answer right, you have to give your thoughts either on the person or the situation that I'm talking about. So the first one, who am I? I once took out a bird from a small mound in front of thousands of people. Took out a bird from a mound. Small mound. A small mound. You know, I'm terrible at these games. You understand that, right? I took no, a bird out of a... No, you good. They're going to no, be all about... sports related. <laughs> I took a bird out of a small mound. Out Who am from, I? Out from a small mound. Hmm. And what happens if I say I don't know? Then what do you do? Well, we can move on to the next, but I might kick it to you because I want to hear your reaction. Uh, think okay. more, think tall, and think very long neck. One of the best left-handers to throw in Seattle. <laughs> you're, you're killing me. You know that? You are absolutely uh, killing me. Uh, so who, who, who uh, are, are we talking Randy Johnson? Yes. Ding, okay. Ding, 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 okay. Ding. Yes. I know. <laughs> All right. And now what is, what is my job here? What do you want so me to do? Talk your, about your Randy Johnson. Randy Johnson memory or memory oh, from that God. time period. I mean, I don't uh, just when I think of Randy Johnson, the first word that comes to my mind is dominating. Right. He was a dominating pitcher in his prime. I mean, he was one of the best pitchers of his era. Um uh, uh, heat, you know, velocity, uh, the ball just with his, his size, 
in his delivery, it seemed like the ball got on top of the hitter before they even had time to react, which is why I think he was uh, so successful. All, all I would say about Randy Johnson is I'm glad I never had to face him. You know, it's interesting. <laughs> I've actually talked uh, with a couple of players that played in that era about Randy Johnson. And he's one of the guys that when I said, who's the toughest player that you've ever faced, the toughest pitcher, they would always say Randy Johnson. So I can see that. I mean, I don't know what else to say. The guy was truly an incredibly dominating, not good, but great, great pitcher. The only thing you left out was intimidating. I I can't imagine walking into the box with a bat and looking at that guy. I I would probably melt right there. I would compare him in terms of intimidating – I would compare him to a pitcher in a completely different era of Goose Gossage because I always used to hear pitchers or hitters say that, you know, Goose could intimidate you with his crazy uh, delivery. I mean, he came at you. He threw his whole body basically, you know, when he threw the ball. And uh, I always used to hear that word, intimidating, facing Goose Gossage. Yes, I would think you would be intimidating going up facing Randy Johnson. I don't think there's any question about that. But that mullet was pretty good. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> pretty good. Pretty damn good. Absolutely. Good. Okay. Um, I have only got a couple more. I don't want to take too much time. But I am the only king to have a second team while here in Sacramento. I'm going to give you a hint. Dime. Uh, Mike Bibby. And his entourage, that's a white. Yeah. So Mike Bibby, to me, clutch, clutch, clutch. Always wanted the ball in his hands at the end of games. Didn't always make the shot, but you would much rather have Mike Bibby have the ball. And I am back with you. I don't know what happened there. I lost you there for a minute, but I'm back with you. What do you got there, Ryan? Did I, yeah, I missed your uh, baby response, but I'll listen to it no. on the replay. All right, so, no, I'll just uh, tell you right now, real quickly, for those of you that did miss it, because I just had a, a, a problem with my uh, app here. Clutch, live for the moment, relish the moment, no moment too big for him. Of all the players that played on the Kings, he's the guy that you wanted to have the ball at the end of the games, more so than Chris Weber, more so than other players on the team. If the game was on the line and Bibby had the ball, you at least felt pretty good. He wasn't going to melt. He wasn't going to crumble under the pressure. No, he didn't make every shot, but you didn't have any issues with him being that guy at the end of games. That, to me, is Mike Bibby. No doubt. Um, Maybe you can confirm this. I remember hearing stories that Mike came up to Chris, and he's like, give me the ball during game five when he hit that, you know, baseline wing shot to put the Kings up and Chris actually did is the one that were uh, Fisher flopped on the floor. So um, no, I think he is clutch as hell. Okay. I got two more for you really quick. Well, I don't, I don't, first of all, I don't think Fisher flopped on the floor. Chris Weber committed an illegal screen and had that game really? been played in this era. Oh, there's no question. There was clearly an illegal screen by Chris Weber and that way the game was called back then there was no way they were going to call that. Sure, it was an illegal screen. Absolutely. Um, but it, but listen, whether Mike Bibby wanted the ball or not, there was only one guy in that situation that needed to take that shot, and it was Mike Bibby. And 
there, I mean, again, it's one of the great shots in the history of the Sacramento Kings. And Mike lived for those type of moments. Absolutely lived for those type of moments. No doubt. Well, I guess the Kings actually got a call in that series. Good to know. Uh, <laughs> yes, they did. <laughs> okay, two more. I took a header in pinstripes against our rival while rushing a Hall of Fame pitcher and am lucky to have not broken a hip. All right. Are you, you're not talking about the Piazza Clemens, are you? Don Zimmer. Oh, Don Zimmer with uh, uh, Pedro Martinez. Pedro Martinez, yeah, getting thrown down on the ground. Um, you know, let me tell you a little story. I interviewed Don Zimmer at spring training once, and it was one of the most fascinating interviews that I have ever done. Don Zimmer, a lot of people don't remember this because it happened such a long time ago, was the manager of the Boston Red Sox when they lost the one-game playoff to the Yankees and then became a longtime coach with the Yankees. Don Zimmer, to me, was exemplary of baseball. Like, Don Zimmer, to me, was synonymous with baseball. He was one of the great, if I can call him, characters of the game. People used to love being around Don Zimmer to just absorb all of the information and history of the game that he had. Uh, Pedro Martinez throwing down basically an old man was as chicken shit as anything that I've seen on a playing field before. And I understand the rivalry between the Yankees and the Red Sox. Trust me, I get it as well as anybody. But that was just awful when Pedro tossed Don Zimmer to the ground. But in terms of Zim, great guy, loved talking baseball. If you could be around Don Zimmer, even if you weren't interviewing, but if you could just be around him and listen to him talk, which I had the opportunity to do so on a couple of different occasions, he was amazing. I mean, Don Zimmer was baseball, was baseball. And when I think of Pedro Martinez, I mean, Pedro had a great career. Think about Pedro Martinez's career. He had a phenomenal career. He was a dominating pitcher. He's one of the best pitchers of, of his era. But that will live with him forever, throwing Don Zimmer to the ground. Uh, that was awful. Yeah, I mean, obviously I don't condone that whatsoever. But at the same time with baseball fights and, you know, the unwritten rules in baseball, do you think he did him a favor? I mean, it, it doesn't that put Pedro in a weird position? Because you're not going to punch an older gentleman. You're not going to do that. And so maybe he didn't need to throw him to the ground. But if he didn't do something, if he was coming at him, wouldn't that put him in a questionable position with his teammates? All right. Can you hear me? I am back. I am in an area where we are having horrible thunderstorms and lightning. And uh, so it is messing with the app today. All right. We can we can hear you back now. Sorry about that. Right. No, you don't have Hopefully to be sorry. Safe. I'm the one. I'm, I'm I'm the one. It's not your issue where I'm at. Uh, the weather's horrible. So uh, for those of you that are still with us, I appreciate your patience. You know, I don't know how much of that you heard. You asked me a follow up question on Pedro Martinez about his teammates. 
I mean, there comes a point where, you know, you don't hit a woman, right? And right. I don't think you throw an elderly person to the ground, right? I'm, I, I mean, and I know it's spontaneous. I know it's a robbery. I know it's the heat of the moment. I get all of that. But you're, you're, you're a well-conditioned prime athlete throwing an elderly man, albeit he's wearing a uniform of the New York Yankees, onto the ground. I mean, how do you condone that? Well, you can't condone it. I guess, I, you know, maybe I should, you know, say it a little bit differently. Do you think he was protecting him? Because at that time, that rivalry was incredible. I mean, it still is now, but there was a lot of tension between those teams at that time. So it was like almost, and it's not okay. I agree with you. But it's like, you know, maybe get out of here and do it as softly as you can. But it, it I don't know, because it could have been a lot worse. There's no doubt about that. But yeah, you should never put your hands on a woman or anybody elderly. You should never put your hands on anybody else unless they give yep. you a reason, a legitimate reason to go. And now you can also see that I probably would not have been very good on what was the show called the $10,000 pyramid or when it went to 25,000, <laughs> you know, I wouldn't do very well on these shows. You know what I'm saying? So, I, you know, I, you're doing I'm, fine. I'm very... <laughs> you're doing yeah. fine. So I, I've got the, uh, well, it's funny you say 10,000 because uh, you may be losing your hair, but uh... <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready. Let me know. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So, who am I? This is your last one. I, I don't know. I'll tell you, I don't know before he even asked, but go ahead. <laughs> okay, but I was, I was setting it up. So, who am I? I graduated from Syracuse High School in 1977, went on to Bowling Green University, and played lacrosse. Who am I? That would be Syosset, New York. I so did my best. That's that's no, you know, that's all right. How do you pronounce that? <laughs> Serious cat, I think. I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't have the coffee that's... accent. I'm working <laughs> on it. Yes, that is uh that is Syosset, uh New York. How about that? Nineteen seventy seven. How freaking old am I graduating high school in nineteen seventy seven? Right? Think about nineteen seventy seven. I'm an old man. Uh, I'm an old man. So, um, yeah. Yeah, I went on and played lacrosse. Do you know, a lot of people don't know this. Do you know I played lacrosse until I was 50 years old? No. I played lacrosse in Sacramento. I played club lacrosse. I'll tell you my last game ever. All right? My last game ever, I played in a summer league in Roseville. And I was playing against predominantly all college kids that were home for summer break. And we would play in a summer league in Roseville. And it was a hot evening, very warm, played on AstroTurf, you know, carpet. And my wife and two boys were at the game. And I walk out to start the game. I played attack, by the way. And What's the officials are... What's attack, attack is for people that don't know lacrosse? Attack predominantly is offense. Do you have three? You have four positions in lacrosse. You have goalie. You have defense, which I don't have to explain. Uh, attack, which is basically on one half of the field, and then you have a position called midfield. And midfield plays both offense and defense. And they for they basically 
are like in a hockey shift. All right. You play for a minute, you come off you, you because you're running up and down the field. Whereas if you play attack, you play primarily the whole game. And if you play defense, there were three attack and three defensemen. You play predominantly the whole game. So basically I had the ball a lot. So we go out to start the game and I'm lining up waiting for the face off. And the guy that's guarding me says, uh, how are you, Mr. Napier? And I said, I'm good. How are you? He called me Mr. Napier. And I started talking to him. He was 19 years old, was home from college. And to make a long story short, I scored five goals that day. And at the end of the game, I could barely walk off the field. Both my legs were bleeding. I had slash marks, you know, on the side of my ribs. Um, I drove home, could barely get out of the car. But on the drive home, I told my wife, I said, that's the last game. I'll ever play. And I had five goals and I'm like, time is time. I'm 50 years old. I just had the kid that was guarding me say, how are you today, Mr. Napier? And I'm like, okay, how am I? I'll show you how I am. I am going to destroy <laughs> you today. And I had, and I, and I had, five, I had five goals, but I could, I could barely, seriously, I could barely make it to the car. And I said, that's it. I'm done. And that's the last time I ever played in a game. So you had five goals against kids that are playing college lacrosse at 50 years I had, old. That's correct. I had five goals playing against college kids, and I played box lacrosse too, which was a very rough game. And uh, I'd been playing lacrosse all my life. I had a – I'm not bragging because I don't – but I had a phenomenal shot, and I know, knew how to play the game, and I was um, very good at what they call quick stick. I could catch and shoot in one motion. So I didn't need a lot of space to get a shot off. If, uh, if the ball was going to be thrown to me and it was anywhere near my stick, I could catch it and get a shot off. It wasn't always a good shot based on how the defender was playing for me, but I only needed a, I just needed a sliver of room and I would be able to catch and shoot in one motion. So, yeah, I had five goals, five goals my last game. So, I see, I rode off into the sunset on a high note, Ryan. I think I think that's a pretty good way to walk off, Grant. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, it yeah. sounds like kind of the, the cross equivalent of a one-timer in hockey. Uh, I, that's exactly right. I played primarily in front of the goal, which is called crease attack. And the term in lacrosse was quick stick. All right. And I had a quick stick and I could, I could shoot. Um, I could actually score with my back facing the goal in one motion. So if I had the ball thrown to me, but my back was facing, I could actually catch the ball and shoot the ball backwards uh, into the net without even looking at the goal. So like I, I was, you know, and again, I used to practice lacrosse. I, Hours and 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 hours a week, every week for pretty much my entire childhood, high school, college, uh, even when I got into Sacramento and played club lacrosse, I was, you know, always, always messing around with a stick and ball against the wall. I was always playing catch by myself. You know, a lot of people that are listening that may have a son or a daughter that plays lacrosse, and I do get people asking me all the time you know, about what they should do. I go, you need to go to a wall 
and you need to practice. You don't need to even catch with, if you have somebody else you can catch with, that's fine. But I used to, the wall was my best friend as a kid growing up. I used to wear out the wall and I used to practice against the wall. I used to practice lefty, righty, quick sticks. I used to catch the ball off the wall and fire it at an imaginary goal. So um, I spent hours, countless number of hours with just my lacrosse stick, the ball, and the wall. That was my childhood, Ryan. See how exciting of a childhood I had? Grant, yeah, I, I think it's a lot more exciting than some of the childhoods that a lot of the kids have doing that on a video game, whether it's lacrosse <laughs> or any yes. other sport. Versus yes. the way that we grew up and doing it in the street. I mean, that that's yep. what we grew up for. So, okay, I'm going to, I don't want to take up too much time, but I do have to ask one more question. If the professional lacrosse league was around now, would you have rather have done that versus your career in broadcasting? No, I would not have, have rather have done that than my career in broadcasting. Um, I may have entertained it for a short period of time, but no, I would not have chosen that over my career in broadcasting. I love my career in broadcasting. Um, and I, in all honesty, I probably wasn't at that level to play pro lacrosse. Maybe I could have played on the, uh, extra man. And by extra man, I'm talking about, you know, I had such a good shot. I think I could have played on an extra man professionally, but no, no, I would not have done that. I would have, definitely follow my career. Fair enough. I respect that. Hey, um, I want to give a, if you don't mind, I'm going to wrap up right now. Uh, give a quick shout out to Nando. Thank you so much for reaching out. Uh, really looking forward to your and Grant's podcast on Friday. And uh, Grant, as always, I mean, I guess now you need to expect, I'm going to throw a different game at you on every Wednesday. Um, yeah. But and that and getting your shaved head or your head shaved too. That's probably yeah. Hey, listen, but for if, if for ten thousand dollars you can shave my head, okay? You know we'll have to put it on. <laughs> we'll have to put it on social media. We'll have to do it right though. You know what I mean? Oh, a hundred percent. But let's be clear, that's not coming from me. So. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? As long as it's not illegal money, I don't care where it's coming from. Okay? You know Fair what I'm enough, saying? Brother. As long as it's legal, yeah, you can. I don't care where it comes from. Fair enough. All right, man. Have a great rest of the show. Thank you, right. everybody listening, and I'll talk to you all soon. All right. Take care. Good stuff right there. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.
And again, I apologize for uh, the mishaps on the app today, but that's beyond my control. All right, let's get to uh, Jeff next here on a Wednesday open forum. What's up, Jeff? Hey, Grant. I'm glad you're back with us. And Ryan hung in there. I am I'm too, glad, buddy. I'm glad he hung in there. So, uh, yeah, I'm glad you talked a little bit about lacrosse. I've never played it, but I found it quite interesting. And I was going to ask you if you had that behind the back or behind the back shot, and you said you did. And I guess the other yes. big shot I've seen is when you go behind the net and you kind of creep around, kind of like the hockey shot when you come around the net and you just stuff it in the corner or whatever. I mean, yeah, I, I that was not my move because I was not fast, and you have to have a degree of speed and quickness to be able to come from behind the goal and beat your defenseman. And that was not my forte. My forte was playing in front of the net. Uh, uh, as Ryan said, one-timing it, quick stick. Uh, I used to excel on the fast break because I would always play what they call the point. And on a fast break, generally, the person with the ball coming down on a fast break that would be picked up by the man guarding me and the defense would, would slide because, you know, you would basically have a a four on three situation. So the defense would slide to the man that would have the ball. And I would score a lot of my goals on the fast break because a lot of times I would be able to catch the ball and shoot in one motion or then face dodge and go around my defender. And then instead of a four on three, we would now have a three on two. And then I would have the opportunity to either score or if a defenseman left an open man to come to me, then I would make a quick pass and they would score. So, you know, again, I, I love the game. I studied the game. I played the game for basically 45 years of my life. And I thought it was a great game. I just, I'm so happy it's catching on in other parts of the country. You know, a lot of high schools in Sacramento have played lacrosse for a long time now. A lot of the colleges are playing lacrosse. Uh, you know, it's an East Coast game, both in Long Island and Baltimore were the two hotbeds of lacrosse. But now it's, right. you know, played around the country. That's good. 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 That's awesome. Always need some some good sports. It's, it's, it's similar to hockey, I guess. So, But anyways, I, I wanted to talk about a couple of things today. First, my lowly giants that uh, I think Kapler has totally lost the team. Now he got Radone uh, hitting players with his hat and kicking bats and almost taking out yep. uh, Gonzo's knee. And then Flores wondered, thought Flores was going to jump in there and take his head off. Uh, he did man yep. up, though, after the game. He did man up and said, you know, he, he shouldn't have done it. He he felt terrible. But uh, I, 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 I don't know. I, I, something has to be done. Yeah, you know, his, his apology was heartfelt. It was sincere. I had no problem with his apology. You right. know, he just said it's totally, he basically said what I did was totally unacceptable. It's inexcusable. Uh, you know, I mean, he didn't dodge it. He did not. He, he no, was, he owned, he owned up to it. He owned it. He said, he could tell in the video how horrible I felt immediately. I went to the ground to, you know, check him out make sure he was okay. So yeah, yep. he owned it. He's just frustrated. I mean, you know, that, you were talking the other day about stats and, you know, and, and being a Giants fan, I mean, I can see, I've seen the frustration over the years uh, of these pitchers that don't get support, like Matt Kane. Oh, my God. Oh, boy. You know, yeah. You know? And so imagine the stat you would have 
the pictures with uh, could you think of the guys that are weren't supposed to be as good as they were because they had this massive run support their whole career i don't know maybe like a don sutton i mean i don't know always with the Dodgers. there are certain pictures that there were certain pictures throughout their careers where for whatever reason when they were on the mound the run support was not there and there are certain pictures like that and you know you would see pictures that would have a tremendous era but not have a tremendous one loss record because mm-hmm. their team didn't they they didn't produce runs when they were on the mound it happens from time to time yeah terrible well hey the last thing i want to talk about i, I don't know if i sent it to you or not but uh, I get these memories, these sports highlights of my, my, uh, on my app and stuff. And the other day, uh, the Brett Favre Raider game from 2003 with Al Michaels and John Madden calling the game after Brett's uh, father passed away. Do you remember that? Right. Yeah, of course. Very well. I mean, he had, what, he had four TDs in the first half and 300, almost 400 yep. yards. I mean. It's one of the best games was one of the best games he ever played. Could you can you uh, share with me and the audience any other similar were a fella that was grieving like that and had a fantastic game or you know something similar to that story or is that the kind? Well, of- I had a story. I, you know, I, I I hate to keep on turning around on me, but um, November second, all right, two thousand seven, I was in San Antonio. And I was walking back at four in the afternoon to the hotel to get ready to go into the room, shower, pack, get dressed and go to the game. And my brother called me to tell me that my dad had died. And I had talked to my I had talked to my dad after the previous game. We talked after every game. We had opened the season in New Orleans. And I remember talking to my dad on the bus after the game and we talked for like five minutes. I said, Hey dad, I really can't talk that much. You know, we just lost. It's quiet. We're getting ready to head to the airport. I'll I'll talk to you in San Antonio. And he says, okay, sounds good. Cause my dad watched every game. And I remember that phone call. Like it was yesterday, just like anyone would remember a phone call like that. But I remember my dad always telling me if anything ever happens to me, I don't want you missing work. He said, don't miss a game because of me. Oh. And and I I did that game, but I will tell you once the game started, you know you're in yeah. your element. I'm not saying I wasn't thinking about my dad the whole game, but there's something that just comes over you. I'm sure other people have experienced this, and we all react to death differently. Um, I always right. felt a sense of resp- I felt a sense of responsibility to. Right do the game and based on my dad's wishes, I don't know what Brett Favre's conversation was with his dad in a similar situation. Brett at that time felt like there's no way he could let down his team. He had to go out and perform. And I remember Vladi Divac when his country was in their civil war and bombs were being dropped every night and he would come in to the locker room an hour before the game, run into the shower to wake up, have a cup of coffee and go out and play. And I think Vladi played maybe his best basketball of his career during mm-hmm. that stretch. And if you talk to Vladi, he would say it was the only time during the day where his mm-hmm. mind was not on the war 
in his homeland mm. that for those two to two and a half hours, once wow. the game started, it had taken his mind off of that. Mm-hmm. But as soon as the game ended, he'd rush to his phone. He would, you know, see what the updates were, try to call home. And I remember living with Vladdy through that. And I remember how difficult it was. But I also remember how great he played during that stretch. But that game you're referring to with Brett Favre was arguably, and think about all the great games that he played, that was arguably the best game he's ever played. Yeah. Well, when you have a minute, go to YouTube and watch the highlights. Some of the throws, I mean, he was just throwing yep. it up there. There was three Raiders defensive backs, and it would just fall in the yep. guy's arms. It was, it was like his dad yep. was there pinpointing the passes. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. It was, it was a. It, it, I don't. You, I don't know if you believe, if anybody would believe in luck or whatever or something. But, oh, I don't know how he hit the receivers like he did. <laughs> yeah, it was good. Hey, listen, uh, good hearing from you as always. You have a good evening, okay? All right, Greg, you take it easy. Bye-bye. All right, you too. All right. Let's get to uh, some more phone calls right here. And we are going to try to hook up from Calgary, Alberta. Let's see if we can get Bella B on on this open forum Wednesday. Bella, can you hear me? Oh. Bella. Hey, Bella, how are you? Hey, I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. It's good to hear your voice. I've been thinking about you because your your Calgary Flames team is going to look so different than it did last year. So I'm making sure that you're okay with that. I was trying to avoid this conversation. I mean, I was pretending (laughs) the audio wouldn't work so I wouldn't break down and cry. But no, actually, seriously, I was sad about Kachuk more than Johnny leaving because Kachuk is just gritty and... I don't know. I didn't, I was, Goudreau's wife is pregnant. He always wanted to go home. So it really wasn't a surprise, but look who we got back. We got Huberto, right? Yeah. Huberto's great. I watch him play a lot in Florida. He's a hell of a player, great player. Um, and I, I think Calgary fans are going to love Huberto. He is the real deal. He is a, a scoring machine. He's tremendous on the power play too. He's tremendous on the power play. He's he, Yes, he is. He's great. I think the the Flames, you're going to love him. Good. And he's Canadian, so. But you know what's interesting? Yeah. I had no idea you played lacrosse. My next-door neighbor plays for the Colorado Mammoth. No kidding. Wow. Yes. How about that? And they won. They won the championship. I know. So you must be a good hockey player if you're a good lacrosse player. You know, I played hockey. I played club hockey at Bowling Green and played hockey. First of all, I used to skate almost every day in the winter uh, me and my buddies would go to the rink in the winter and I would skate from four to six every day. And I actually was an excellent skater and we used to play pond hockey a lot, uh, in the winter when the pond's frozen, I used to love playing pond hockey. I love used to going down, putting on my skates with the guys. And, uh, we used to love playing pond hockey. So I used to play hockey quite a bit, but I played in hockey. I played club hockey in college. And uh, so, yeah, you know, I, my forte, I was an excellent skater, Bella. Um, not, not, not great stick handler, but I was a great skater. So, but I love playing hockey. I, I used to love playing hockey. And playing lacrosse at 50, you were, I guess, the Gordie Howe of lacrosse. Is that right? I'm <laughs> just joking. Well, I'll tell you, I, I, I broke uh, in terms of, my age, yes, probably playing until I was 50. You know, I broke the record for most goals ever in a season at my high school. I had eight goals in one game, which I think is still a record at that high school. And then, uh, you know, I used to love I used to love playing lacrosse. 
And I, I didn't want to stop playing Bella. That's why I played as long as I physically could. But I, I mean, I, I mean this when I got to be in my forties and then when I turned 50, I'm playing against college kids for the most part. I'm like, I can't do this anymore. I was, it would take me literally a whole week to be where my body felt good again. So I was like, screw it. I'm done. I'm never playing again. But it's a ton of cardio and to be playing when you're 50, that's crazy. Like running. It is crazy. Run. Yeah. That's great. Yep. Though. Yep. I'm going to look you up yep. on YouTube. I'm going to see if I can find some black and white video of lacrosse. At, I'm just kidding with you. But um, <laughs> where is this Nando guy from that you're talking about? Uh, he lives in New Jersey and lives in the New York metropolitan area right outside of New York. And he used to be a huge De'Aaron Fox fan and used to watch the Kings on NBA League Pass. And that's how he found out about me. Then he would call the show a couple times. And then he came on my podcast when I asked for, you know, let's see if you can do a Grant's rant. And he did it really well. And he was telling me he wanted to start a podcast. He was thinking about it. And I told him he should. And I gave him a couple of tips. And now he's doing it. It's based on Miami sports. He's a diehard Miami fan. So he talks about the Dolphins. He talks about the Heat. He talks about Miami football and the Miami College, you know, University of the Miami Hurricanes. Uh, no one cares about the Miami Miami Marlins, but he still talks about them. So, yeah, you know what? I'm going to have him on my podcast tomorrow because I think his story is very interesting. And I always like to Bella. I always like people that maybe are aspiring broadcasters or have sons or daughters that are going through school right now that are thinking of getting into broadcasting. I think that when I have people like Ryan on or Nando tomorrow, I think it gives them ideas and gives them mm -hmm. confidence that anyone can do it. Well, I heard you talk about him yesterday, and I think you're just so gracious to even offer help to anyone who wants to do it. I mean, look at Ryan. He's on half your show every day. That proves how kind you are, right? You know what, Bella? I just feel like you always <laughs> owe it to help others. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, you owe it. You know, I, you just, to me, like, I would never be in my position if it weren't for the help of people when I was a certain age growing up that gave me great advice and confidence. You know, confidence is a big thing. You need to feel like, wow, you've got a chance of doing this. And so there are certain people that were instrumental in me getting off the ground and climbing up the ladder, so to speak. And I've always felt that it's important for me to pay back and do the same thing. So I don't think it's gracious. Mm -hmm. I appreciate you saying that. I just think it's more of an obligation. I just think that, you know, you have an obligation to help out your fellow man. You have an obligation to help people. And I've always loved to do that. So I'm happy. I'm happy to help people, especially when it comes to broadcasting. I think it is gracious. And he actually has a good voice. He's got good delivery. And I want to find the yep. podcast with Nando tomorrow. Probably when is it out in the afternoon? Your, it will be um, out like tomorrow. It will, be, it will be out fr actually Friday, not tomorrow. Friday. will be out Friday. Probably will be released at your time, like two or three in the morning. I hope by then, <laughs> Bella, you're sleeping so that you can what? wait until you wake up to listen to it. Okay. I'm mountain time. So where aren't you in Florida? So you're. Oh, central? that's right. You are mountain time. So we'll be released mountain. at uh, two o'clock in the morning, your time. <laughs> okay. I will listen. Well, I'll let you go and get other guests on. I'm happy that we finally got to connect. And yes. Yeah, I enjoy listening to you, Grant. Thank you, Bella. You take care. You. Great hearing Have your a voice. Bye-bye. Nice to hear you. Thank you. Another clone, Bella, who is a diehard, crazy Jim Rome fan. And it's great to have her on. Fabulous to have her on. Jerry, it's always good to have you on, my friend. How are you today? Grant, thank you for taking my call. You know what I want to say? Thank you for having me on the Grant Napier and Ryan and Sacktown show. 
<laughs> that was some funny yep. stuff, dude, when you guys are going back and forth and you're having problems with your phone. And you know what? Payback for all the all the grief you gave Ryan for for his call. I know. Not yes, <laughs> exactly. You know what? It's amazing the, the it's it's amazing the impact weather can have on the internet sometimes. So oh, yes, I'm Lord. with you, buddy. Grant, I got one thing, and then I'll let you go, my friend. Uh, now, Deshaun Watson, uh, what is this these uh, the uh, the penalty they can give Deshaun Watson? How many years can they suspend him, or is there like a cap on that? That that's a great question because of the collective bargaining agreement and any suspension that would be more than a year would be completely unprecedented. And then they would have to deal with the uh, players union, which could then get into court. So we're going to find all of this out. I think we may be entering uncharted waters. I know that there are some that do not feel that a suspension is going to be a year because of that very reason. So I guess stay tuned. Uh, Hopefully they make a decision here uh, in the not too distant future. But Grant, but where is Roger Goodell? I mean, where's this guy at? Was he hiding under a rock? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, Goodell has messed up so much of the prior punishments that, you know, as as Ryan said, they've handed it to a, a former federal judge to make this decision. Grant, great show. Keep it up, buddy. Thank you. Thank you, Jerry. Have a great evening. Appreciate it. All right. And again, we're going to move along and get to uh, some more phone calls right here on uh, Listen App. And again, my app has been off and on, but I, anytime I can talk to uh, John, I'm always happy to be able to talk to uh, John if he's with me. Uh, and again, if you want to come on the program, it's very simple. You uh, raise your hand. I'll put you up on stage with me and we can do it. John, just because my app's messing up a little bit, I'm going to put you back in the audience and see if we can do this again. Uh, tomorrow, uh, 5 o'clock Friday, uh, I'm going to be on at 4 o'clock Pacific instead of five o'clock. So four o'clock Pacific will be the show uh, coming up for you on Friday. And then tomorrow though, five o'clock, and then looking ahead to the end of the week uh, at four o'clock. All right, let's see if we can get John on before I wrap up this show on an open forum Wednesday. And if we can't get John on, for those of you that only can listen to part of the show, uh, I do post this show every day on my platform your favorite podcast platform, or you can go to my website if you don't like that. Dot com. I love it. John, what's up, buddy? How are you? Uh, I think I got you now, right? Yes, you do. How are you, partner? Oh, so we're all on Mars. That's great. Hey, I'm glad to hear Bella B's voice, too. She made it to Mars with us. That's great. That's good, man. I'm very happy that Bella was able to get through. And I've been thinking about her because she's such a crazy religious Calgary Flames fan, and they traded two of their best players, their most well-known players. And so I was making sure she was okay, John, you know? Hey, I fully understand that. I know. And she's, I know she's a clone. I've heard her calls. And even when uh, she doesn't call in, she'll text in. And Jim's always got something to say about, you know, Bella B from Calgary. And I'm glad that she's got your back. She's got your back as the rest of all of us. And it's just so great to see, You, you know, you're global, Grant, and that's why this what, a No Helmet <laughs> yeah, Wednesday or a No – what do we call it? Open Forum Open Wednesday. Open Forum Wednesday. Yep. Okay, I said No Helmet Wednesday, whatever. Hey, how's how's Bula? Bula is good. Bula is good. Bula is now 11 years old, but uh, Bula's doing good, buddy. Thanks for asking. Well, hey, you know, it's Open Forum, and, you know, I'm an animal lover – and is she there then with you or here with the kids or what? 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, today she's not with me, but yeah, I see Bula all the Bula is great, John. Uh, Bula is not with the kids. No, Bula, the kids are <laughs> doing their own thing. The kids are right. now not kids. They're 23 and 25. I got By it. the way, so I'm really, I'm really, I'll, I'll, I'm going to pass this news along. Um, okay. This is really great news for me. So my youngest son uh, ended up coming out of college and working at Channel 12 in Chico as a news producer and he did such a great job. They put him awesome. uh, as, as the morning news producer, but he also hosted the uh, Friday night high school under the light show. And then he would fill in for the sports director doing the sports. So he worked in Chico for two years and he said to me, he goes, dad, I'm ready for my next move. I said, okay, you know, what, wh what are you, where are you at? And he goes, well, so I've got trend? an interview in Nashville. He goes, I got an interview in Nashville for the morning news producer job. He goes, I've been offered a sports director job in Salinas, Monterey to be on the air every day. And he goes, but this job just came up. He goes, it's a sports producer, sports editing at KTVU in the Bay Area, Oakland, San Francisco. And you know, that's the Fox station. And I said, wow, that is so phenomenal. Anyway, he just got that job. So he's going to be moving to the Bay Area and he's going to be working at KTVU as a sports producer and sports editor. And so uh, I'm really pumped up for him, man. I'm, he's, he's doing great. He's he's doing great. He just turned, uh, you know, 24 and uh, he's 24, kicking ass, yeah. man. He's doing good. Man, is that Trent then? Or is that Chase? That's Chase. Yeah, okay, Trent works Chase. still. That's Chase. Trent still works for the Kings, uh, doing all of that. Uh, he's doing great too. But um, yeah, so I'm really happy for both of them, obviously. But Chase just got that job a couple of days ago. Man, chip off the old block, isn't that kid? Man, alive, yep. man. That is freaking great. One of my kids, well, one of my kids, Steve, you've talked to him a handful of times. Uh, another yes. one, Thomas, he lives in the Bay Area and he's a multi talented individual produces music and all kinds of different things but that is great to hear and your son moving to there and the sort of a money that he's going to be pulling in the best thing he needs to do is buy something around here or something because it's going to be expensive for him and my son has realized he's made quite a bit of money but man it costs so much to live but he's doing great and you know, that's great to hear. That's great to hear about your boys. And thank you. And, you know, appreciate it. You know, that's absolutely fabulous. And I just wanted to uh, chime in and say it was great to hear from Bella. And, you know, Ryan, he's just a consummate professional, too. And I can't wait to hear Nando. I, I think I did hear one of his podcasts when it first came out. You said, I don't know, maybe not yep. quite a year ago or something. I tuned into one of yeah, them. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. But I yep. can't wait to hear him again. And, you know, just like Bella said, you're such a good dude helping out, you know, young folks. And it's kind of what I do, too, in, in a manner, in my own profession. You know, I'm a carpenter. But the young kids, when they want to know something, I will not hesitate to help them. Where I see other people, and they'll say, you know, I'm not going to show him that because then he's going to have my job. I'm like, no, 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 no. That's not it. Let everybody have a chance to be great. So, yep. yeah, that's right. You know, I love your Amen. frame of mind, Grant. I love your frame of mind. I love your frame of mind too, John. You're the best. You take care. Great hearing your voice and you have a good evening, okay? Do the same, buddy. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? 
Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Great stuff. You know, I've never understood those that are not willing to help out their fellow man. Like... What, what, what kind of world would we be living in if you don't help out people? And I've had over the years, many, 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 many students, many aspiring broadcasters. I've always, when I, when I used to have a, 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 a young student, male, female, whether they wanted to be behind the scenes or in front of the mic, I always used to invite them down to the station. I would say, why don't you come down and watch the show one day? And they're like, really? I'm like, yeah, come come on down and watch the show. And I would show them around and I would put them in the studio. And if I thought that they had a chance just based on my conversation with them, I would say, yeah, let's, let's talk on the radio. And they were like, really? I'm like, yeah. When we come back from the commercial, I'm going to introduce you. I'm going to tell people that you're down here and you're a student at this school and you want to get into broadcasting. And I would put them on the air for a couple of minutes, you know, just to, so they could get a f- sense of the exhilaration that you can get from having a microphone in front of you talking on the air. I used to love doing that. I used to do that. And I would never, they wouldn't, they would have no idea that they'd be coming on with me. But if I felt that they were good enough, and by good enough, I mean just could, could have a conversation. I would do that. And they, they used to love that. I used to love that. I used to get a real kick out of that. I used to love when you could see the reaction on their face. Wow. I'm cut. And you could see them, you know, during the commercial break, sending a quick message out to the mom or dad or whomever, like I'm coming on the radio with grand. I'm coming on. Listen, listen, I'm coming on. And it was such a thrill. Um, you know, I had one, the, the last student that I had come down, she was a student at Arizona. And she had a phenomenal, uh, uh, just a phenomenal opportunity. I could just tell that she was going to do great. And she's currently on the air uh, doing sports in Montana. Uh, she came out of Arizona and did an internship with the Pac-12 Network. And then from there, she was able to get enough experience and get enough s- stuff on a resume tape. Uh, and she's working now in Montana. We still stay in touch. But I... I put her on the air for, I don't know, I want to say maybe a half hour. She was so good. She was great. She was a cheerleader at Arizona for the football and basketball team. She was a great student. Uh, her name was Alex. And she was doing all, she showed me her resume reel. And I was blown away at all of the things that she had done while at Arizona, and I'm telling, I told her, I go, I'm telling you right now, you're going to be really good in this business. 
I said, do not let anyone tell you otherwise. You are going to be great. And I said, just hang in there. I said, the hardest thing is getting your first job. And once you get your first job, you're going to go, you're going to be like a rocket ship. And I bet you she's out of Montana real soon. She'll move right up the ladder. I could just tell that she had it and she was going to be very good. So I love seeing that. I love seeing that. I really do. All right, let's get to uh, some more phone calls here on an open forum Wednesday. And we say hello to Eli. Hello, Eli. Hey, Grant. How are you? Can you hear me okay? I'm good, Eli. Yep. How are you? I'm doing great. Yeah. So, wow, you were really generous with your time and your mentorship. And, you know, that's great to hear. I imagine that um, Mark Jones and Matt Barnes and whoever are around now are probably not as, uh, not as gracious to their fans. Huh? <laughs> well, I'm not going to speak on their behalf. I'll let them speak for themselves. I'm only telling you what I believe in and what I do. And I've always believed in helping out people that are younger uh, or, or older. But I mean, you know, most people that are getting the broadcasting are not older than me. But I've always tried to help and you know i've had it's amazing my interns that have gone on and it's not because of me it's because of them but you know larry kruger was an intern of mine you know uh so many others that are eric Hasseltine, the voice of the memphis grizzlies and you know it's just so phenomenal uh, i have a john wilson was an intern of me he's doing great for you know nbc bay area and kyle matson was an intern for me you know he's at 95 7 the game in san francisco so i've had a lot of interns that have gone on and have been very successful in the business and i get a great sense of pride from that i'm i'm grateful when i see someone and i can tell and i i don't mean this eli in a condescend or in an egotistical way i think most people can i can tell in five or ten minutes of talking to someone whether they're going to succeed or not in this business and most of the students that i talk to I would say fall into that category where they are going to succeed every now and then you talk to someone and it kind of breaks your heart. Cause you're like, this person has no chance of ever being on the air, but I don't tell them that I don't ever want to pluck someone's dreams. I don't want to ever, you know, squash someone's dreams. If you have a dream, go for it. But you can kind of tell, but most of the students that have come by that have reached out to me, I'm like, wow, this person's got a great opportunity and they're going to do very well for themselves. Yeah, that's great to hear that you've shaped so many careers and, you know, helped fulfill so many dreams. I feel like those are stories that we don't really hear about that often. So it's good that you're sharing them. And I'm sure that they're very grateful that you've you've helped them in the way that you have. So, um, Grant, I, I wanted to ask you, because I remember a while ago we talked about that you might possibly return to Sacramento, whether physically or virtually in some yep. new format. Um, is there any update on that? Are you, are you still pursuing? There's that? still uh, no update on that, but I would say it's more likely than unlikely. How's that sound? That sounds great. Yeah. We'd love to have you back here and rock the Sacramento market and, you know, bring back yep. the good old days. Right. I think I speak for everybody here. Well, I appreciate that. Um, hopefully I can announce something in the uh, coming uh, months, but uh, that is my goal and uh, we're working on it. Okay. Hey, I had one more thing for you before I go. Um, I remember we talked about that Brittany Griner story and, and detained yep. in Russia. Um, there's an update on that today. There might be yes. a prisoner swap as we expected. I, did you hear about that? Yes, I did. I read that uh, earlier today. And, you know, it's such a sad state of using people as pawns to make a trade. But that's what happens in the world now, particularly in countries like Russia. They detain one of our citizens. 
we detain one of their citizens. And most of the time it's because they broke the law. So let's, let's just say we're, you know, we're not talking about, let's just call it the way it is. So um, we know that's what's happened in the past. It will happen again in the future. And uh, humans being used for negotiating purposes for trades to get other people out of other countries. So it will happen. It's just a matter of when it will happen. Yeah, it seems like our person is a lot more innocent than theirs, you know, so it seems like it's a no-brainer yes, to make that deal. Yes, 100% correct. I would agree with that. Yeah, well, anyway, I figured uh, that was going to happen too, so um, hopefully it does. But, yeah, that's all I had for you today, Grant. So uh, thanks for taking my call. Take care, Eli. Yep, have a good, good night. Great hearing from you. Yep, you do the same. Really good hearing from you too. All right, tell you what we're going to do. We're going to wrap up the show today. I will be back tomorrow at 5 o'clock Pacific. Thanks for bearing with me during my technical issues today. Uh, again, out of my control, but uh, I do appreciate your patience, appreciate your support. And again, make it a great rest of the day, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. So long, everybody. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too it's a thing and now the truth is out there i can tell you about my favorite place to have fun chumba casino they have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week you can play for free anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses so join me in the fun sign up now at chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus